Kink 101 is proud to present Deviant Discussions, where kinksters come together and put the why in kink, with Diavol Diablo, Subtle Shadow, and Glass Girl. This is Deviant Discussions. Today I wanted to talk about our experience of coming out kinky, um, you know, how, how we found out, well, how we outed ourselves I suppose to the world if we're out to the world I am an out kinkster uh, everyone knows that I'm into some weird and nasty shit uh, so I wanted to know the same for you guys as well really don't both jump in at once <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't because so just so our listeners know I live in an apartment with very thin walls and I tend to try to avoid letting any of the um, motorcycle rallies that tend to happen around me, apparently. What <laughs> so I would... mean is that you live in like a, a, a group of bikers and they yes. just noise all the time. <laughs> exactly. Bikers and very, ambulances. Yes. Like if ever um, there is an ambulance in the background of our podcast, it's, it's probably coming through shadows. <laughs> yes. So the silence was actually me muting. While two giant motorcycles drove by. <laughs> so, okay. Yes. Well, I mean, feel free I'm to ha- jump in now. Okay. Well, I will jump in. I am secretly kinky to an extent. Um, I, in in that I, you know, I have a fet life profile. I don't show my face on it. Um, I. I think my location is still Antarctica, but uh, they adjusted the settings so that you can change your location um, in such a way so that only your friends see your location, which is kind of interesting. So I did that. So your friends with me on FET, you know where I live, but also um, I only I'm, I'm a world class stalker. I know where I've you live. Met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I. Um, it's not so much that, so, I mean, I was married, you know, monogamous in a vanilla marriage for the bulk of my adult life. And even though I knew individuals who are out, um, outwardly kinky, I just did not, I just hadn't fully owned it in myself. Um, a lot of the reasons that I maintain the secrecy is um, well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that um, I think that it would be something that would greatly distress my family. Um, so I don't want that for them. Is that a product uh, of your upbringing? Yes, 100%. Um, and it's also a product of just some behaviors that I'm trying to fix in myself, which is consideration for other people's emotions. Uh, more than my own. So at some point I may be outward, you know, out, outwardly kinky. Is that right? Out, out kinky. (laughs) Um, Sorry. And, um, you know, they're just going to have to deal with it, but also it's, you know, I mean, I I recognize it's really none of their business and they probably actually don't want to know. Um, So there's that aspect. And then there's also the fact that it's illegal uh, to be kinky, or at least in the ways that I enjoy kink, which is 
uh, violence on others or having violence um, done to me in a consensual way. Uh, at least the um, the presence. So in the state where I, I'm in the states, in the state that I live in, you can't uh, legally consent to violence uh, or to someone hitting you or spanking you or anything like that. Even if you're saying, yes, I really want this. And that person is saying, yes, I wasn't coerced into hitting her. <laughs> They're like, nope, sorry, illegal. Um, so <laughs> there's that part of it. And then there's the professional aspect, which is that I work um, at a place where I think it would be okay, but I'm not 100% sure. And not being 100% leaves me wanting to be careful. Um, but I do have one story about coming out, which is that I came out to my first counselor. So I started taking, uh, going to a counselor for therapy about three-ish years ago. And um, around year one, after, you know, just kind of exploring things on my own, I remember it very vividly. I just told him because I wanted to talk about some of the experiences I was having. Um, I said, um, so I have something I need to talk to you about. And he was like, okay. And I said, um, I'm into, <laughs> what did I say? I'm into BDSM. And I just kind of said it. Like it was just that sentence and saying it out loud to someone outside of Hank and somebody who I respected and um, considered, you know, a helpful guide in my own journey. You know, I just felt very empowered in saying it out loud. And um, he was very gracious and he's, I, I can't recall what exactly he said, but it was something along the lines of, um, when you come into this office, like, I never want you to leave a part of yourself at the door. So um, he said, I don't really know a whole lot about kink uh, or BDSM, but um, I'm here, you know, to help you to listen and to process and all that. So it was very nice. That's good. And what about you, Glass? Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I'm laying down. I'm laying down on the couch to, to record and it's making me <laughs> tired. Okay. So, um, We're going to have to get glass off the couch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go in the closet. Um, <laughs> I am uh, kind of out, kind of not. So um, out to some family and some, obviously my kinky friends, like you guys. Um, I had an experience uh, several years ago where I wanted to share a writing with, a, with my best friend at the time. And I was nervous about it because, um, you know, at the time I didn't know the term vanilla, but um, definitely vanilla. And so I shared a writing with her and it was pretty tame um, compared to what I write now. And uh, she was disgusted. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, glass. And um, it really, to the point that it affected our friendship. Um, she was very disturbed by it, couldn't understand. 
Oh, wow. I would write something like that. I think I was capable of thinking those things. Um, and so, I mean, we don't talk anymore. We're not, we're no longer friends. Um, oh so it, because of that, it really obviously, um, affected my comfort in telling other people that I considered kind of vanilla or wasn't sure if they would be accepting. So as far as friends go, um, the only people that know that I'm kinky are my kinky friends. So I do have a delineation between my vanilla friends and my kink friends. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah. Um, and um, it's interesting that you brought up counseling shadow because mm-hmm. uh, with my new counselor, because I've also been changing a counseling office. And, um, oh, I hate that. Um, and I think it's because, you know, I have a history of self-harm and, you know, the counselor was thinking that this was just another way. Um, but... Uh, the counselor I have now, I actually interviewed counselors this time around. Um, so I, you know, was looking for specific things and one of those needed to be kink friendly before I would even consider a session with them. So that was one of the questions I asked was, um, what do you know about BDSM kink? How do you feel about it? What are your thoughts? Um, so the counselor I have now has experience herself in it. Um, and uh, it's a really, it's really and great to be able to go in and talk, you know, about my experiences. And, and like you said, Shadow, like not have to leave that part of myself out, you know. Um, as far as my, um, my, I mean, my son's an adult and um, he knows, you know, obviously that I write, I'm a writer, so he knows that I write a lot of them. He does not. <laughs> he has zero interest in <laughs> wanting to know the details of that um, <laughs> and he knows that you know I I write kink stuff and I advocate for you know a consensual kink and BDSM I'm working on a website with that like he knows all those things but he does not want to know details um and I do not want to share them so <laughs> that's probably yes. the best and this is the son that knew what puppy yes, play was exactly Exactly. One of my fears is that he might be on set and like inadvertently come across Glasgow and be like, oh, that person looks familiar. Oh my God, mom. Just like writes on you all. Hi, mom. (laughs) Oh man. I've thought about that too. Like there's so many anonymous people out there that like, what if I, what if it's like a family member that I'm like curving over? Oh man, that would be that would be romantic. See, for me, I mean, I've I've been quite lucky, I suppose. I never really had to um, like actually come out as kinky. I think people just sort of assumed that I was a bit out of the ordinary. Um, You know, I never actually had to sit down with someone and have the conversation, other than actually like with partners, where I said, you know, I'm interested in trying this. But even then. I, I've always voiced different things that I've been into quite early on and just treated them as, you know, part of my personality, not really said, hey, you know, I'm kinky. Um, and I've been quite lucky as well that I, I don't remember, at least. I mean, I might have just, you know, conveniently forgotten, but I don't remember any 
friends or family ever actively shaming me about being into kink and BDSM. Um, I remember where I used to work a few years ago, um, they got, <laughs> we were having a conversation about the kind of like erotica that I would write. And this was, I called it weird porn because it was like really out there. Um, and I said that I'd been published in a book and things like that. And they were really, really keen to read it. And so I gave them all of the, you know, the standard trigger warnings of this, this is not the kind of story you think it's going to be um, and whatnot. And I actually printed off some of my work and, and took it into work for them to read. And it, it ended up like getting passed around the office that everybody had read it in the end. And they were all like, oh, my God, that was like the weirdest thing that I've ever read. But it was really well written. Uh, and they kind of they kind of just, I don't know brushed it off like it was nothing uh which I was really surprised about because some of them were quite conservative um but it was nice for it to be out in the open that people you know there was nothing that could shock them at that point because they'd read what I considered to be my worst like my my most hardcore writings I guess um and I've kind of always treated places like that. And then another place that I worked, uh, I was away on business abroad and there was a massive group of us and I'd recently done um, needle play. So I had all of the bruising and the, you know, the scabs and all, all the sexy stuff that happens after mm-hmm. needle play. And uh, <clears throat> so I was scratching, not scratching because that's dangerous, but I was like rubbing gently over where the scabby area was on my, on my leg. And they were like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I've got, I've got some, I've got some scabs and they're really itchy. And so obviously the question that follows from there is, oh, why, what have you been doing? And I, <laughs> I don't know why, but I was sat at dinner with like 20 odd people and I was just like, I do needle play. And they were like, what's needle play? And I was like, um, I, I could, I could tell you, or I could show you. And so <laughs> this bless them. They were, they were like, yeah, okay. I think they were thinking it was going to oh, be like crochet funny. or something. So I just I pulled up the picture on my phone and I I know right I showed them um I showed them this this picture of the needle play and they were like holy shit and I'm like yeah that's your leg yeah that's my leg you did that on your leg I went, yes I did that on my leg you did it to yourself yes yes I did it to myself and so then everyone was like what are you guys talking about and uh, and so everyone eventually around the table got involved in this conversation and this picture of my leg with needles in it passed around for everyone to see and they were all like oh my god you know does it not hurt and oh god so many questions like it was like being interviewed it really was mm-hmm. um but it was really great because I think it helped that everyone had had quite a bit of wine at that point and I was still stone cold sober so I could like you know choose what I was talking about and what I wasn't but it was nice to just be open and have people be so inquisitive and uh you know I was always a bit of an outsider at that place and I think it it both made me feel included but also validated me in being the outsider a little bit because these were people that obviously weren't in the lifestyle and so I kind of I felt okay it's all right to be different in this space because I'm not the same as everybody else uh, which was nice um but I you know I, I wouldn't expect that to be the same story for every workplace that I was involved with or uh, or for anybody else that worked there perhaps you know it no one's going to have the same experience as I had. I was just lucky in mine, really. Um, so that ties in quite nicely to um, my next question for you guys. Like for me, I, I enjoy the freedom of being out, of not having to worry. Um, 
necessarily you know if people already know that there's pictures of me online I don't have to worry about someone posting it to a family member and being like oh hey look this is what your family member does um so that's one of like my pros of being an out kinkster and so I wanted to kind of touch on some points of you know the the pros and cons the whys and why nots of coming out kinky you know shadow you've already mentioned about being rejected by your family or you know employment issues um which you know I could have really really risked with with outing myself at two different workplaces um and then glass obviously you had a complete breakdown of a relationship with a friend so those would all be you know exceptional reasons not to come out kinky but like what what in your mind is is the reasons to come out kinky what freedom do you think people could find if they came out as a kinkster I think that there is a lot of um empowerment in being openly kinky um I kind of almost am a bit jealous of how open you are Amy and I think it's very laudable and um it's something that I think helps to helps to um, further normalize the fact that there are all different kinds of expressions of one's sexuality and that, um, you know, as long as it's consensual and all of that good stuff that it shouldn't really matter <laughs> what you're into. Um, so I guess like for me, it was, I, I, I think that they're being able to say, this is who I am and all of my totality to like the entirety of society is, is really cool. I wish that, um, I sometimes wish I could be that, that person, but I don't, I I don't know if I'm there yet. (laughs) I mean, I have a t-shirt that says kinky AF on it. So I wear that to go shopping and stuff. (laughs) It's great when I go and get get back in the car and I'll see someone in there like you know nice little sports car parked up next to my terrible little car and I've got this t-shirt emblazoned with kinky as fuck all over it and they just kind of watch me get in the car and I'm like nice yeah you might not look at me twice for my car but you'll look at me twice for my (laughs) t-shirt that's awesome (laughs) yeah I am I am considering wearing and also you know there's a there's another aspect of it which is that I am so unbelievably proud of the work that uh, I've put into kink 101 and I wish so badly that I could share it with people that I love and be like, look at this amazing thing that I did. Um, and I can't, it just, well, I mean, I could, but it, I don't know that I'm, like I said, I don't know if I'm there yet. And so, you know, part of, part of a relationship with somebody else is being able to share those moments of accomplishment and um, those milestones in, in, in life. And I see, you know, the creation of what we do and this podcast, even like, I would love to share this podcast with my best friend, but I have no idea how she would react. Um, And as a result, you know, I think that creates a bit of a rift. because I feel like you are always hiding part of yourself yeah yeah so and it's it's understandable to feel that way because you know fear is a huge driver of of pretty much everything that we do as humans you know um it, it is it is a fundamental emotion that we feel and I always 
try I suppose it's it's one of those you know always stay humble kind of things I try and remember what it was like before I came out as kinky or the moments where I've been in a situation where you know someone perhaps has been you know judgmental or whatever and it's it's difficult for me and I often feel like I have to try twice as hard to empathize with people that haven't been able to come out and be Mm -hmm. out and proud about being kinky so it's you know as much as it's horrible to have to listen to you guys tell the stories of of times where it's it's gone badly for you it helps me in some way to try and remain humble about it because otherwise I I could be one of those arrogant cocksure people that's just like yeah I'm kinky fuck you um you know (laughs) and I know people that are like that you know they're they're Mm -hmm. out and proud but they're a few steps ahead of proud at this point because you know yeah. they just they don't give a fuck and they're they're only one step removed from the kind of people that are like I should be able to beat someone half to death in the park and whoever walks by it's their problem um, yeah and I yeah that that definitely goes into another topic that perhaps we'll cover sometime which is uh you know I think I mentioned to you when I was doing some research on an upcoming article that'll be on the site uh, about the debate with um, having BDSM and leather in pride parades and what that, you know, the people who are like decked out in puppy play and things like that. Um, just kind yeah. of the, it, that there's even a conversation about it, I find really interesting. So a lot of conversations. I mean, I mm-hmm. know that the, the brief, news articles that I've happened upon just doing research for Kink 101 on, on completely unrelated topics but as soon as you type in you know leather or whatever you yeah and you put leather in the news especially every year there is a new story about whether or not kink and BDSM should feature in pride parades and it's like well how do you be kinky and proud if you're not allowed to be involved in something called pride but like you say it's, it's crossing the line between being proud of it and putting it all out there for mm-hmm. anyone to see that that may not necessarily want to see it um but yeah so glass what about you do you think that there would be any pros at this point for you to to come out further than you already are oh goodness yes um i think and i mean i can relate um you know with pride for our our site and the work that we're doing but also with the book i wrote um you know i write under a pen name i write under yeah. boss girl yeah and um you know my vanilla friends the majority of my family, like they have no idea that I've written a book. And um they don't know that you've written a book at all. No. Oh my goodness. Aww, no, because I, my fear was my fear was how do I explain why they can't why they might not want to read it. Because <laughs> not only is it BDSM it's DBLG. And uh you know that um can be really taboo for some people. Um, but being able to, I, mean, I think I'd always write under a pen name. Um, and I think it's just because that's, you know, kind of how people know me anyway. Yeah. When it comes to like my writing, but I'd love to be able to put like, you know, my face out there to do, um, live events, like on Instagram, to be able to go on TikTok, like those types of things I would love to be able to do. Um, and it's not just about, for me, it's not just about being worried about what people think. Um, for me, it's also a safety 
a safety concern because of the things I do write about. Um, I just worry about putting myself out there too much and then attracting, you know, kind of dangerous attention. Yeah, uh, so it just yeah. feels safer not to put my face out there for that reason. Yeah, and that's something that I've had to consider because, like, Via Vol Diablo is is I I call it my brand. Um, it's a brand identity, and everything from writings to artwork and things like that are all under that name. Um, So if you, you know, if you Google it, you find a lot of results. And I had to be mindful of, you know, things that because in the UK, you have to put your return address uh, and it can't be like a PO box or anything like that. So I had to make that conscious decision when I was launching my non kink business. If I wanted to put it under the same name, did I really want to risk that? Um, and it's it's something that I have to consider, you know, keep and keep in mind going forward because the obviously Kink 101 is another avenue that people will be introduced to the name Diablo Diablo, and the podcast is another avenue. And it's Fet Life's not too bad because it doesn't index on search engines, but obviously now I'm affiliated with Kink 101. That anyone yeah. that did want to go deep dive in would find plenty of information about who I was in real life, and so. It, it's kind of, I suppose, a risky form of risk mitigation for me to be out, I guess, because like I say, I, I don't run the risk of someone emailing my mum with pictures of me topless or, you know, bound up in barbed wire or whatever. Um, but it is a consideration that I have to make for other people that don't necessarily want to be subjected to that same level of risk as me. Yeah. Uh, okay, so to, I guess, wrap up a little bit, uh, we've talked about the pros and cons of coming out kinky about our experiences of, you know, times that we've outed ourselves or or tried to. Um, and I wondered if there was anything that we could share that might help if there's anybody listening that wants to consider coming out kinky or talking to a partner or family member or their best friend, you know, how how would you tell yourself to do it if you were going to come out kinky? That's a really good question. Um, I think that there needs to be a continual reminder, at least for me, if I was really going to just go for it, I think I would need um, just continual reminders to myself about my own worth and that, you know, there's nothing wrong with me that, you know, I, this is who I am and who I am is a hundred percent okay and good and worth love. and having people around that, you know, care about me and respect my choices. Um, Because ultimately, I don't know, maybe in the end, what I'm probably most afraid of is that, you know, that love that these people I know have for me would go away somehow, um, despite the fact that I haven't done anything wrong. And if they did go away, that would mean that maybe they never really liked me to begin with. (laughs) So it's kind of like um, a double-edged sword where it's like good to know who you can rely on. Um, Sorry, I I ended up going on a tangent with with my answer, but I think think just a recognition of your own worth and just self-love is just so important uh, when you're coming out. Definitely, and being prepared for questions that might so for I know someone that they came out to their partner and it went horribly, horribly wrong. And the questions that they had to face made them question, like you say, you know, did this person ever actually 
love me if they're so willing to throw that love away. Right. But also, am I a bad person because I'm into this because of the things that this partner is saying? Like watching them question who they were as an, an individual was absolutely heartbreaking. And it is yeah. one that you have to be, you yeah. can't prepare for it, but be prepared to be prepared for it would be my advice because some you know, some people will be naturally inquisitive and it's like, oh, okay, so why do you like it? What 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 drives you to like it? And other people will be like, why do you like that? And, you know, it's two very, very different responses that you might get. I also think like a slow introduction. Um, so if you're sharing it, you know, you might not want to share like extreme kinks that you have. Like you might not want to share to like, you know, the kind of heaviest degree um kind of test the waters is what is what I would say um and know your audience (laughs) yeah exactly know your audience don't don't be going and telling your grandma that you like you know beating women to within an inch of their life whilst they scream for it harder that kind of thing yeah exactly. exactly I mean my my nan she outed me about plenty of things before I was ready for it when I was younger so god I can only imagine if she was still around right now what it would be like I think she'd probably be my like biggest fan she'd have like a huge like Diablo Diablo gave me oral or something like that t-shirt it would be like horrifying (laughs) oh honestly if I could I'd have a whole podcast about my nan she was such a character um okay and then I think as well tying into that you know testing the waters and knowing your audience it's also knowing where is the right place to do it you know don't (laughs) don't roll over in bed one evening and just be like hey I've thought about you know doing a consensual rape scene with you would you be interested um that's probably not the best way to approach that Mm -hmm. um you know and don't be out at like a really fancy restaurant and say you know this this ginger sauce is really good have have you ever let like thought of letting me stick ginger up your ass it's probably not the best (laughs) doing it um there are there are many many ways that you can do it incorrectly um so I think as long as you're considerate and mindful of the the people around you and the people that you're addressing you you know it's one of those you got to be able to make that decision I guess thanks for joining us this week if you'd like to know more about kink and BDSM or if you have your own adventure to share, please visit kink101.com. That's K-Y-N-K 101.com. Because we put the Y in kink.